Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Discern Daily, a show on the Majesty's Men for Seeking Truth. My name is Pate, and I'm the host of Discern Daily. And if you missed the last episode that we did, which was episode 28, we look we looked at a uh, article by John MacArthur on Grace to You's website. It was actually really good. Um, his article was titled "How Do I Glorify God in the Gray Areas." And it was my conviction as I was reading it that I found some good quotes from John MacArthur that I wanted to share in the last episode. And also personally, I've just been kind of thinking about what is my purpose in life and how do I guard it? And so we looked at the article, we talked about some good thought-provoking things. And so um, if that's something that piques your interest, I just want to encourage you to go and check out episode 28, Discovering and Guarding Our Purpose. On this new episode, episode 29, I got a friend on with me, and I'm pretty excited. So my friend Jonathan Hayashi is actually on the phone with me, and he and I have been catching up about a lot of things going on in life, and he's a pastor, and he's a a disciple maker. He's very involved with, um, you know, not only his family where he has a wife and kiddos, but also just getting involved in his city. Um, and doing some other things like that. He wrote a book, and so he's just a busy guy, and he's getting to see a lot of different ways that God is moving, and it's really intriguing to me, and so I've been picking his brain, and one of the recent things that he got to encounter was going to Japan, and I thought that was really interesting because I wanted to hear how God was moving in Japan. Like, what is God doing there? What is he seeing as far as, like, needs in Japan and Or what are some of the good fruits that are going on? And so he and I have been catching up, and um, hopefully he's still on. Jonathan, you there? Yeah, Faye. Thanks for having me back again. I'm just so excited to be here with like-minded people uh, like you. So thanks. Yeah, good. It's uh, good to hear from you, brother. And yeah, we uh, I forgot to mention this, but on episode five, we actually... um, got to review Jonathan's book that he wrote. Um, And so if you haven't, you need to check out episode five where we, if I remember right, I actually shared my favorite quote from every chapter of his book. And so there's actually a link also in episode five where you can view the book that he wrote. But um, man, we, one of the most favorite people that I enjoy following on social media is Jonathan, because I feel like Jonathan is really good at finding really good sermons, really good articles, really good podcasts, and he's just he's just involved. Like, he knows what to look for, and he's just a dude worth following. So I've just enjoyed him. He's an encouragement to me. Um, but Jonathan, I appreciate you being on with me, and I'm excited to hear um, on the episode kind of how you saw God moving in Japan. It's my understanding that um, you went to um, visit other churches. You went to go and meet with Christians overseas in Japan, which you're obviously, um, from, you know, your testimony and things like that. It's my understanding that you're from Japan, but recently you, you went to go meet with a church in Japan and you helped to lead a discipleship conference and you got to meet with IMB missionaries and all that good stuff. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. It was just a great, awesome kind of you know, God's grace and his hand was upon in every area kind of sort of trip. So I'm just kind of marveled and humbled and honored of able to lead our church and our team uh, to the country that's in desperate need of Jesus. 
That's awesome. So I want to begin by just kind of helping the listeners to understand some of the fruit that you saw overseas in Japan. So you mentioned how one of the biggest things that you took away from it, one of the greatest fruits that you saw is just so many young, younger people on fire for Jesus. And so kind of talk about that a little bit is, you know, some of the fruit that you saw was younger people on fire. Yeah. So, you know, listeners, if you do not know, today, Japan is the largest currently non-evangelized nation that is completely open to missionaries. What's crazy is that, according to Joshua Project, they said Japan is the second least rich nation in the world today. I remember growing up hearing Japan being known as a missionary's graveyard. So you can just imagine just the darkness, the need, the need of the gospel. Just They say 0.3% of people in the country of Japan or evangelicals, born-again believers. But in the midst of that, you know, going to the you know church in Ishikawa Prefecture, uh, which that drastically drops to the need, actually, to 0.02%. Just a vast darkness. One, you may find one Christian out of 16,000 people. In the midst of that, there was this bright light shining of a church called Uchinoda Bible Church. And... Uh, the pastors just championed these 20s and 30s who are in major leadership positions, just running with passion to pass the baton to the next generation. That was super just cool. That's awesome. Um, so what's the relationship like with like, so do they have a senior pastor there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a senior pastor. His name is Pastor Sakai. So... Um... What's the senior pastor's relationship like with the younger people? Yeah, I think that's the key to it, that we see why these younger generations are just you know, ru- running with passion and just really in radical obedience. I, I, I sense that Pastor Sakai, unlike various other churches, again, I grew up majority of my life in Japan. I heard the gospel at age 16, that's when I was saved. I think there's a lot of churches, maybe here in the States as well. I, I truly believe there's nothing that divides the church more than a hunger and thirst for power. Yeah. And uh, But I didn't sense this from this church. I think this pastor, Seeds, he lived you know, his life quite a bit. He's an older you know, man, but there wasn't a division because I think he sensed the urgency, that urgency that that there is just a need and we need to empower younger people in order to mobilize and to reach the community with the gospel. So what's pretty cool is that I, I, I think I saw this in the structure too. He created the vacuum of need of the vacant position that sucked these younger people in and that he is empowering, discipling, equipping, commissioning them, deploying them, uh, in their in a needed church position and allowing them to have the spotlight. He's really leading from behind uh, rather than a traditional model of just leading from up front. Uh, so that was, that was really neat to see. I think that's so different than kind of my perspective and my understanding of how kind of ministry is mostly done in the States is, you know, you see for the majority, the younger people are told to kind of take a back seat. 
um, a lot of the time because younger people aren't educated enough, they're not wise enough, they're not mature enough to kind of handle involvement in the ministry. And so a lot of the involvement um, from the appearance of ministry a lot of the times is kind of the, the older guys, and the younger guys are just with the older guys watching and learning, and hopefully one day they'll get their chance to make an impact. But it's so encouraging to see that you that you've noticed that a lot of the good fruit happening overseas is a lot of younger guys getting involved with the support of older guys right next to them and behind them, so to speak. That's cool. But you mentioned how um, there are some needs over in Japan as well, as far as gospel work, and it's it's interesting because you know for me, I'm I'm not really that educated. I'm sort of ignorant in a lot of ways as to kind of how ministry is done overseas. I've never even been outside of the United States. But you've mentioned how, you know, China is not open to the gospel. You know, they are very close to it. But Japan, on the other hand, is very open to the gospel. But you, as you mentioned, they're the second least reach, least reach. But um, I've heard you talk about some of the darker areas kind of in Japan where the needs are found. Um, and how kind of the Christian population drops in some areas of Japan. Why, why is it that there are some dark areas in Japan? Is it, you know, persecution related or kind of why do you see um, some, some dark areas in Japan? Yeah, so, you know, perhaps, you know, we have heard the saying of the early church father that says the blood of the martyr is seated church. From a historical standpoint, I think Japan was, you know, the first time uh, Christianity was kind of introduced was 1549. And that was Francis Xavier who came and Christianity exploded and grew like crazy. Uh, by the 1600s, uh, one of the, you know, Toyotomi uh, Hideyoshi came in rain and he saw Christianity as a threat. Uh, and then Tokuaiya Futsu took over and then it was a heavy, heavy persecution. Uh, Christianity totally stopped growing. So I think there's that interesting part of Japan. And uh, there was recently a movie that came out called Silence. It's on, based on a true story uh, that kind of shows that side uh, that happened in the southern part of Japan, which was Nagasaki and Kyushu. Fast forward, you know, even you know, Billy Grand Crusade, uh, with the Evangelist Crusade that happened, you know, actually we, uh, probably like 30 years ago, 30 to 40 years ago, uh, what usually happens, you know, when evangelistic campaign or Great Awakening happens, usually, you know, it multiplies, you know, you know, husband gets saved and wife gets saved, children get saved, and those children go to church and, you know, exposure to the gospel, people are sharing the gospel. But in Japan, the case is now is that that people of people who are saved are dying off. So again, Pastors are average age, you know, over 80 years old, many of them. Hmm. Um, and and they're just not younger people. Uh, I think that's the really dark side that we see, that churches are closing down, like, really fast. Uh, hmm. And they pass over churches. Uh, so Christians are still meeting, uh, but they don't have a shepherd, a leader. And uh, that, that really uh, makes it difficult uh, for the Japanese Christians who are living there in the country. Right. And it's interesting how kind of, you know, what one thing that I remember you talking to me about is how, you know, you, you know, you mentioned that quote 
about the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church, but like in Japan, persecution really has negatively affected uh, Japan. Like you mentioned, the average age is now very old, and churches are closing because the the effects of persecution really has um, decreased the size of the church. Um, even though most of the time, to our understanding, persecution always erupts the church and it multiplies, but it's crazy that sometimes persecution really does make that negative impact. So I'm curious to hear what are the re- what are the resources look like for discipleship overseas in Japan? Is there an abundance of resources? Is there a lack of resources just in general or what do you like how did you see that? Yeah, I do think there's just a major lack of that. I mean, part of that because then the numbers of Christians that are just not there. Uh, there's not seminaries or Bible colleges. So a lot of the, what we did for the pastor's conference or the discipleship conference was really hands-on looking to the scriptures and how can we help encourage, equip, and engage people use, using God's Word and helping people to grow in their faith, uh, you know, in their own life and then in their family and in their church and their community. Um, so so, so that, that was a lot of the focus that we did. But, yeah, I mean, they don't have podcasts. Like, we're listening to Dissing Daily podcasts now. Uh, they don't really have people writing articles. They don't have, uh, like, the Gospel Coalition. Uh, they don't have you know, conferences, like, Together for the Gospel. Uh, so it makes it very difficult, you know, for churches to just kind of, you know, grow from that because they're going against major, major world religions, such as Shintoism, which is about 50%. Uh, of the religion in Japan, and then uh, yeah, pretty much 50% again, 49% of it, uh, of Buddhism, uh, which is very contrary to the gospel. Uh, so it makes it very difficult for believers. So, you know, you could be praying uh, for a Japanese Christian uh, that would stand firm in God's word and their churches as they grow in their faith. Absolutely. Yeah, and that that is one thing that, you know, for every listener, we do need to, like, stop and, like, you know, say a prayer for our brothers and sisters who are overseas and think about ways to, to join the work. Um, just kind of, you know, as we kind of wrap up things, what is, you know, I, I just want our listeners to leave with something. If there isn't something that they're already leaving with, you know, what's a primary takeaway that you would want everyone who's listening to hear about the work in Japan? Yeah. I just want to encourage every listener, you know, in spite of language barriers, you know, I truly believe that the message of Jesus Christ would transcend cultural differences uh, that can leave imprints of the gospel in lives of many. Uh, so if the Lord is nudging you to perhaps take a short-term mission uh, or perhaps to go overseas uh, and, and to, to, to share the gospel, I, I want to encourage you to step in obedience um, because, you know, um, the Lord will bless that and uh, the Lord will flame, uh, fan the flame of, you know, your passion and, and for, for, for the love of His Word and love for His people and for the world. That's just very desperate needed the gospel. So I want to encourage uh, to you know, even you know begin to pray that the Lord will open up you know whether country Japan or uh, other countries China Thailand or you know somewhere in Africa 
Senegal, a Muslim uh, country, um, you know, follow faithfully uh, to that call. Amen. Amen. Well, Jonathan, I, I'm really encouraged just by not only this trip that you've been on and a lot of the things that you were sharing that we didn't have time to talk about on the episode, but I've just been encouraged by the work that God is doing through you um, because God is using you to make disciples. I know that I'm someone who's been encouraged uh, by you and your ministry. Um, it's just, it's good to know brothers who are serious about their faith. And it's encouraging to know that God is using people like you to take the gospel, not only to our brothers and sisters here in the States, but overseas. Um, so I'm just, I'm thankful for you. Um, but man, I just want to encourage everyone to, you know, follow Jonathan on social media. And if there's something in this episode that stood out to you, please leave a comment and help share this episode that if you, you know, if you found it useful, but man, it's, it's exciting to me to hear about the work of God um, going on in the whole world. We've seen from Jonathan how there is good fruit like happening overseas. And one of those things is just the amount of younger people getting involved in ministry. That's not the only fruit that he saw overseas, but man, that's something that in inspires and encourages me that there are younger people who are sold out, who are committed, who are sacrificing, who are following Christ overseas. Um, but there, even though there's fruit, there are needs. You know, there are there is a lack of resources overseas, and maybe that's where we step in. Maybe there's a way that we can help with resources, and the Lord will, will guide us as far as, like, how we can get involved. But, man, there are opportunities. I'm sure Jonathan, on his site and his blog and things like that has talked about different ways that you can get involved. But, you know, we've seen fruit and we see needs, but at the end of the day, this is why we exist. We're, we're missionaries, we're disciple makers, we're Christ followers. So this is our goal. This is what we do. So I just want to encourage you guys to think about these things and hopefully some things, you know, came to mind that you can share with us on the on the full page of discern daily by leaving a comment somewhere helping share this episode on social media but thank you guys for listening and let's seek the truth together